Welcome to FinTech Fridays. Oh yeah! A weekly podcast brought to you by the National Crowdfunding and FinTech Association of Canada and Partners. Covering all things FinTech, blockchain, P2P, AI, and alternative finance. Hey everybody, Mitzi Khan here, and thank you for tuning into another episode of FinTech Fridays. Uh, just before we get started on this episode, I just want to do a little bit of housekeeping here. Um, I just wanted to announce that we're super excited here at the NCFA to be launching the fifth annual 2019 FinTech Financing Conference and Expo, better known as FFCon 19, uh, which is going to be happening on April 3rd to 4th in Toronto, Canada. FFCon 19 is an immersive two-day conference and expo featuring high-growth startups, emerging technologies, regulation, game-changing projects, the latest trends, deal flow, and investment opportunities. This year's theme is fearless, which so much global risk in the air, U.S. versus China, Canada and China, Brexit, fintech industry adoption challenges, startup funding challenges, scaling issues, FFCon 19 is empowering companies with everything they need to build an amazing next generation businesses right here in Canada, taking them global to show off to the world. We're launching it this week and registration and partnership opportunities will be opening up soon, so stay tuned and get involved. Uh, without any further ado, this is episode 23 with Justin Hartsman, the CEO of CoinSmart. Justin, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Um, I'm super excited to jump right into today's conversation. Absolutely, me too. Thanks for having me. Hopefully I can give some good information to be useful to everyone. So uh, shoot away. Yeah, no, for sure. So just for the audience, uh, for the five or six people that may not know essentially who you are and essentially what your company does, could you just give us a quick rundown of who you are and what CoinSmart is? Yeah, CoinSmart is uh, one of the largest Canadian exchanges out there for purchasing cryptocurrency. Um, and we have a vision at our company to make cryptocurrency accessible, not only to those who are currently in the market, but people who are looking to come to the market. So for the people who are there, uh, ensuring that we have the best tools, the best support, um, why is coin selection? We're actually adding some new coins over the next few weeks so that you can come and have a really good experience on ramping, off ramping, and actually trading here in Canada. We also run a very large OTC desk. But on the other side of things is um, to make it accessible to those who want to know more about it, but really have a hard time understanding because there's a lot of technicalities that go into purchasing, holding, storing cryptocurrency. Um, and we really want to make it as easy as possible for you guys out there. So, uh, you know, live 24 hour support for people. We have a great get smart section we call it. That's not just a blog, but guides and how to's. Uh, and we're always there to help anyone in any way we possibly can. That's incredible. I mean, like one thing, um, I mean, doing the show and just reading all the blogs and articles is that education is definitely going to be the key uh, when it comes to this whole new crypto wave. Because, uh, I mean, you know, Joey Sixpack definitely wants to get into crypto and wants to understand a little bit more. But there's a lot of technical jargon out there. There's a lot of just uh, words and terms that may go a lot over their heads and just not know. Well, that's the case. We noticed that really early on. Even when I got into this years ago, uh, I come from the tech side of things. If it takes me reading an article two or three times or like the white paper from Satoshi myself, uh, how can we expect anybody, you know, the regular Canadian who may have some level of technology background, but is more just an everyday Joe, like you're saying, how can we expect them to? So what we've done knowing that is in our Get Smart section, I'll bring that up again here, probably a few other times, we break down these heavier articles or terms into three levels, smart, savvy, and expert, I believe, or smart, savvy, and something, where you can read it at your level. So if you're getting into the game, 
We'll break it down to as easy as, uh, you know, limited form. If you want to keep upping your game, go to the next level and the third level, you're filing where you're getting really technical into the pieces. So we're allowing anyone from know nothing to know everything come in here and really understand it at their speed, at their time, uh, and hopefully give them all the resources they need to keep up. That's awesome. I mean, I love that. Getting into the game and leveling up your game. I love that. Uh, so, I mean, you probably have gotten this question uh, more times than you count. So what makes you guys so much more different to, say, like the coin squares out there? Well, we love the guys at CoinSquare, uh, but realistically, where we stand out above all is our user experience and our customer service, our client service, our smart guarantee. We ensure that we, the same day we receive your funds, the same day that uh, we get your request to have your funds come out, that we have them done for you at that time. We have actually live chat support. You can phone in and actually speak with someone. These are all things that the other Canadian exchanges just don't offer. Um, and we know to bring this to the masses, which is what we all need as anyone who's an investor in the cryptocurrency space, is to bring the masses to the market. So we're really making it, again, back to our vision, accessible. And I think that is the key difference. Not only that, we've simplified the rationale for not having to understand pairings. You can go from fiat to any coin that we offer on our system. You don't have to pair it with a natural pairing. We do all the background leg work for you. And we just believe that our interface and our tools are simply easier and better and provide more insight for our users. I love that. Like the fact that you guys are um, <laughs> taking a lot of the heavy lifting, a lot of the heavy burden when it comes to just getting into it because it's overwhelming in and of itself trying to get into crypto exchange, but it's a, <laughs> it's a headache if anything. Like we have instant verification. Who wants to go online, do a one level, then get a follow-up email, then send in some pictures, then have someone look at them, and then maybe that day, the next day, three days later, two weeks later in the hype of things that you're actually going to approve for an account? How is that very efficient? How is that fun? So instant verification, you can actually go on, net new client to us, be verified, email transfer money and make a trade literally within under 10 minutes. And we really want to make that accessible for everyone. That's yeah, that's incredible. So, I mean, when it comes to crypto exchanges, there's definitely going to be security risks. I mean, uh, recently in the news, you're seeing all these crypto exchanges either uh, just going under maintenance uh, because of security risk or they just got hacked or whatever. What are companies like yourself doing to help mitigate security concerns when it comes to, especially when it comes to newer customers? Well, I'll give you some stats. Only 30% of our uh, clients actually keep coin with us. The rest of them take them off into cold storage. So we don't deal with, first of all, 70% of the coins that our users or clients have, which is great. We love that. We encourage that. We help people to understand how to do that. And coins that are kept on uh, you know, our platform, we don't go into specifics. like We don't expect anyone else to and what we are doing for our security measures because that obviously gives it away a little bit. So we're very uh, secure on what we do on that side. But just the basic is, Nine, over 90% of our coins that our users leave with us go into cold storage. And that's just like off, off uh, location, not controlled by us. We use a third-party custodial services who holds them so that there's no chance of anything happening. This is the same custodial services that the other biggest exchanges uh, in the world use as well because that's what they're good at. So we give them the ability and it's, uh, it's very secure for us and we appreciate them uh, as a partner. Wow, that's that's good. Seventy percent you get of coins you guys don't hold. That's that's a, that's a very interesting stat right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had, to be honest, we thought it'd be completely different. We thought that um, maybe twenty percent of people would take it off because it's you know somewhat hard to you know, set up a Trezor or a Ledger or a paper wallet or a phone wallet, and then which we, we expected completely opposite. But it turns out that seventy percent of our users 
almost instantly or within 24 hours, take that off and move it to their own storage. That's, hey, that's, wow, that's crazy. I mean, like, I just recently read that, like, how digital wallets are becoming the new modern day brokerage accounts because you're having millennials like me. Uh, they're trying to go as cashless as possible, right? They don't want to be like walking around with like the dad wallet. It's all bulky full of cards and cash and change and everything. So it's, uh, that's, yeah, that, that's crazy. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Listen, I haven't, I, I don't know how long it's been, maybe 15 years. I've never had a wallet, so I can totally understand that. Uh, I don't like that bulkiness of it. Anything that I can do on my phone or, you know, with one card or a multi card is something I certainly look at doing all the time. So I can appreciate that. Right. I mean, like, so like, where do you, where do you kind of see digital wallets evolving then? Because like digital wallets is, it's a very, it's definitely a very new trend. Hopefully it'll be here to stay. Um, how do you see, yeah. Where do you, where do you see it kind of going from here? Well, I think you have to look at it from a couple angles, just adoption from the, from individuals, which we see happening, you know, based on what you just said, but more than that, the mainstream adoption of the ability to use that in everyday use. Can I go buy that at Starbucks? Starbucks did announce that they're going to be accepting cryptocurrency in sometime in 2019. Can you go and, uh, you know, pay for your TTC fare here in Toronto, uh, your, your subway fare? With that so if you can start doing some of those things and make it available to you they'll have more adoption more use for it but i think the other piece of that which a lot of people don't talk about or extend the conversation into is for that to also happen we have to think about some sort of uh currency which may or may not exist on the market in crypto space right now that is a lot more stable so you hear a lot more talking of the stable coin for over 2019 2020 because at the end of the day i don't want to know i have uh, let's say this for sake number sake, I have 50 Bitcoin and it cost me a quarter of a Bitcoin to buy a Coca-Cola. I don't want to go the next day and know it cost me entire Bitcoin when I know it was worth to me before. So we have something that's more stable. We always know that one to one is what it looks like. We can have a lot more interest in wanting to spend that because it's always that gambling mentality that all of us have somewhere in us. If it's a dollar today, but it could be worth $3 tomorrow, why am I spending it today sort of? So we have to have that stable coin, which is what's going to drive the, you know, the digital wallet. And then the mass adoption has to be there if there's actually a place they can spend it in the real world. So right. those are my three pillars, I think. I mean, just kind of furthering, uh, trying to hash out this whole stable coin thing. What are the challenges and what's, what's kind of the uphill battle looking like when it comes to stable, when it comes to like a stable coin, right? Because like the whole draw towards cryptocurrency and the whole draw towards i mean i'm even tied this over to blockchain is the fact that like it's not tied to anything it's free like it's just in the ether right that, that's that's exactly the point i don't have the answer i don't know if anyone does yet or i'm sure there's lots of people working on it we don't know what that's going to look like and we don't know where it's going to come from and i think that's the whole uh rationale of why we're not you know if we look at the um you know, the S-curve of adoption, we're before the curve even starts going up and gets into its inflection point because I think we're still very, very early and we haven't figured out all these pieces. Um, but I think we'll see over the next year or two years some of these coming to fruition. And I guess at the end of the day, what does it have to be backed by uh, was your question. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just something that we know is one-to-one -one because the blockchain says it's one-to-one -one, um, and that we can take in and out of. So it's not tethered to something specific, but it is stable. So I, I, I don't have a really good answer for you. I think it's something that we're going to – I spend time thinking about, but I think there's going to be someone out there who's trying to solve that right now.
No, that's totally fair. I mean, um, who who knows? In the next year or two, we might find something even better than maybe tying it to actual to tie, like actual fiat or even just gold, right? We might it it might even yeah we might figure out a way to make it truly one to one, and we don't have to really worry about it, and it could still be what it was set up to be, right? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Okay, I mean, like it, okay, we'll even switch gears. So, like, where do you see the evolution of cryptocurrency exchanges uh, looking like? Well, listen, it's been a tough, like more, almost more than a year right now in this bear market. I, we saw a lot of fever, uh, December, 2017, November, December, 2017 to January, 2018. Um, we need to see prices start stabilizing up over that five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars mark. And at that point, I think people realize this for is here to stay. And when I say that I talk about Bitcoin because Bitcoin is essentially the forerunner in this, everything is into that essentially at this point. So um, I don't make any predictions on pricing because I think that'd be wrong. It's not really positioned for me to be in that. I do see brighter days ahead. Can uh, everyone hold out for that and believe in it till that time? Uh, that's something we'll have to wait and see. You know, right now it's a topic that a lot of people ask me about is, but what's going on with the Canadian exchange? We've seen a lot of the exchanges here in Canada shut down, close their doors, disappear, even as you know, recently as a couple of days ago, one of our big friends out West went down for maintenance, never came out of maintenance. It's not good for the sentiment in the market and for our market to grow and continue to go where we hope it is. And I really believe that cryptocurrency should be part of anyone's well-balanced investment portfolio out there. And it will be as a new asset class we can afford. Things like, you know, that company shutting down, you know, I don't want to mention their names, not nice. I hope everything's okay with them. It doesn't add any positive sentiment or trust to the market. And for us to go, we need to have trust. So the thing that we need to see, and what I hope to see over this next 12 to 18 months, is regulation come. And people get scared about that, but I don't. You know, we, we follow as well as we possibly can what does or does not exist out there today. And if we have a body governing over this and regulation on it, we can, you know, people can feel more confident that they're not going to have the issue like we've seen in the past. I think that's a positive thing for our marketplace. When it comes to regulation, I mean, regulation is definitely a term that gets thrown around a lot. I mean, um, I like in an ideal world, let's 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 talk hypotheticals here. In an ideal world, what are these said regulations looking like um, to you to give Canadian cryptocurrencies a fighting chance at least? Well, I think Canada so far is a pretty crypto-friendly country, and I hope it stays that way. You know, we do it very legitimately. We have proper banking partners. We don't hide anything that we do out there. We get asked questions by the powers to be that exist out there, like the OSC, and we answer them. We provide all detail. You know, we're a... Yeah, you know, we're a FinTrack company on our side. So we so we report to FinTrack where it need to be if we have any suspicious activities. We need more of that out there. We need someone who's uh, the governing body to watch over. There's not nefarious or shady characters opening up exchanges and just taking people's money or not custodial servicing it properly or, you know, um, being part of transactions that shouldn't be occurring cross border. So we, those things, if there's people in place with those rules and whatever the governing body looks like, which probably is the OSC here, well, it is right now, and it should be the OSC here in Ontario. It's a wait and see game, and I think we're going to follow a lot of rules what happens in the U.S., and I think the U.S. will be sort of the dictate what we see next. I'm, I'm glad that Canada is actually as crypto-friendly as it is. I mean, a lot of people might not think of it, but like actually, like when you start reading into it and start actually getting to know some of the key players, thankfully Canada is a lot more crypto-friendly uh, than it usually is, being how conservative uh, Canada has been. And that's true. 
Absolutely. We, we, we need that. You know, it's like this is we have an opportunity to be at the forefront where you're doing another space and technology like AI. We're, we're a hotbed for AI right now. Oh, wow. yeah, so I think great. that's something that I love that space as well. Um, I play in it. And as Canada, you know, we're a great company, a great country with a lot of smart people. We have a lot of people who want to do great things. But what we don't have are the billion dollar businesses because our market's really small here in Canada. So we need to support those businesses and these and cryptocurrency and new technologies and AI the best that we can so we can start creating these billion dollar enterprises that are going from Canada into the US, into Europe, into Asia and really take the next level and, and put us ourselves on the map. So it's something that anyone in the technology community, which I have been for 20 plus years, you know, something I've sold three other technology companies prior to running this. Um, I love it and we need to support it. And, uh, you know, everyone has to do their part in that space. Yeah, no, I mean, I can't agree with you more. I mean, uh, we, yeah, we really don't have a billion dollar company in, in Canada. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a shame because like the AI space and just like, even just the fintech space and the crypto space and just like these new emerging uh, spaces in Canada, we have a lot of very bright, very talented people here. But uh, sadly, we don't have the infrastructure as of yet to really keep them and like and like have like the next Google or the next Facebook just out of like Toronto or out of Waterloo yet. And uh, well, yeah. yeah. To that, to that point, though, we see all those companies coming up to Canada for our, our, our talent. But uh, to be frank with you, we're, we are a technology company at the heart of things. Right. Um, you know, fintech or not, it's technology that runs this. It is a super competitive market out there. There's a war on talent. And uh, what we're lucky is we don't see as many people running to the U.S. to those jobs at Google anymore because there are a lot of them that do exist here in a really big startup community where people can get their feet wet into these awesome companies and get their equity and all those pieces. Um, we actually need to start bringing, and I've seen this a lot, we have a lot of people coming from Brazil and other places and around the world coming to Canada and bringing their expertise here. So if we can have people migrate to where we are, where the, all this action is happening, and bring other smarts here. We seem to be keeping good ones, but we need more. We don't have enough of at this point. So we need our supply to go up for sure. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. I mean, I think it's like once we have a ecosystem, once we have, um, I guess, better foundations to support multi-million, billion-dollar companies, then I think talent's just gonna pool in over, right? Like you're gonna have people from Brazil, people from overseas saying, "Hey, wow, Canada's an, a an actual player and a player to like a force to be reckoned with." Why the, why the heck not work for CoinSmart? I mean, they're killing it. They're doing X, Y, and Z in the market. I love to be a part of that. That's something I can definitely see myself uh, being a part of. Yeah. Uh, breaking news. Quadriga just put out a brand new message 12 seconds ago. Oh, crap. They uh, filed for uh, creditor protection in the uh, Nova Scotia Supreme Court. So that's big, bad news here in Canada. That's not what I want to hear. I'm sad Listen. to be reading that. And while they're a competitor, I still want to see this success of the market and this is definitely not helpful for that you know we just talked about that earlier yeah i know that's wow that's crazy crazy uh crazy timing i mean what are you excited about in 2019 i mean like it's, it's a brand new year Gee, what's very well, 
this is I, I'm super excited by the OTC space and the you know large financial institutions getting into it. We see some great stuff happen at the end of this year, and it's coming out now on the custodial services for institutions. And as institutions come to this market, they'll be investing in it. People will know about it more because traditional investors will see it as part of their portfolios of how often to buy it through those, which I think is going to drive more positive sentiment, more trust in the market. So I think that's a really big piece, having them come in here. Uh, OTC, there's a lot of opportunity for large desks around the world to move heavy amounts of coins. So I think that's exciting for us. We're playing a role in that right now. Um, connecting great deals and AI obviously is playing a big role and you know we do with some partners where we can look at how we hedge coins coming in or not if we're matching orders or not matching them or hedging them so we look at those pieces can we in Canada um, as regulation comes offer things like automated financial products much like a wealth simple can we do that in the crypto space understanding based on artificial intelligence what your uh, risk tolerance is knowing that your risk tolerance we can then put you into a bucket of cryptocurrencies that's a managed by AI to give some great results for you in the long run so a self-managed AI driven bucketed goods of ETF funds that I think is something that's really exciting for us as we move forward all simple uh, you know very respectful company I went to school with Mike the CEO over there I think he's a brilliant guy good buddy they've done something really great and they've helped bring a lot of Millennials to the market by going hey you know if housing is a little too expensive for us uh, until we can't afford that or if we decide not to afford that, we want to be investing. But going to traditional you know, investment house or going to your bank or some things that you know, deal with someone who doesn't really know anything, it's not our way of doing it. If I can go on my phone, <coughs> answer a couple questions and know that my money is being managed in the appropriate way and using you know, proper managers as well as artificial intelligence, that's so cool. And that's everything that we're looking for. Can we bring that to the crypto space? Well, I mean, that and like wide, like just think of it as, as more of like a lazy perspective of like the fact that you have to actually like go to a bank, book a meeting, wait for your broker to actually sit down with you and then kind of go over it. Like just, that's just so much time wasted. Like, hey, if I can do this in my underwear <laughs> while I yeah. make coffee, why the heck would I not do it's, that? Yeah, it's not even that though. Like, you know, you go into, yeah, I don't know if people realize this and I don't want to, you know, sh- I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here, but I don't want to. No, go for it. You don't want to you know, shit on it. Rag on it. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to shit on any, but like, this is the same thing. You can talk about social media marketing. I'll talk about that afterwards, but you go into your bank and you set up an appointment with a, you know, quote unquote investment professional. What made that person an investment professional? That's someone who's like a year out of school. They're trying to do something. They're offering products that just the bank has available to you, which are clearly, uh, well, I won't say clearly not, but not the best investments out there. I'm sure you can find better if you find someone to help you with that. Like that's not really what you should be doing. And then the alternative is going to a professional who's been doing this for a long time and manages huge amounts of money, but there's a significant cost to that at the same time, which you don't want to bear. So this technology is allowing us to bridge the gap from going from someone who knows nothing to the people who know a lot, they're not clairvoyant, but know a lot, and bringing it to everyone. And I think that's really the key. Mm-hmm. I mean, you briefly touched on the social media aspect. Could you expand on that a little <coughs> bit more? Well, it's just the social media side, I think, is what I was mentioning. It's the same thing. And you can go to a social media management company, but if, unless you have the biggest budgets or you're the biggest brand out there, again, they're putting on their fresh out of university student who's come on to manage your account to answer the phone call for me, but they haven't managed billions of dollars in ad spend or millions of dollars in ad spend. They don't know all the levers to pull and what's going on. 
they're just there doing a job. It takes time to get there. And that's the whole point. When you're getting into a market anywhere, whether it's financial side of things, whether it's social media marketing, you want the people who are taking all that amazing top level knowledge and distilling it down into an automated way for you, somebody who didn't have access to that previously. So that's, I just see the same, a very uh, big parallel between those two industries. No, I love it. I mean, like that's kind of where you're seeing challenger banks winning that battle, right? Where you're having, uh, when you go to a bank, you definitely have a limited deck of cards that you're playing with. Comparatively, if you go to a challenger bank and even taking it one step further, going to open banking and start giving people more options, that's that's where banking gets really exciting. I mean, it's 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 a very it's a very weird statement to say of banking getting exciting, but nonetheless, that's that's open banking is definitely where. Uh, banking is going to get really, really exciting because customers are going to have that much more options to switch mortgage plans, switch savings accounts, what may have you. Yeah, it's happening. You know what's happening a lot right now too? Um, in the insurance space, like just going to your phone, buying an insurance plan. You know, they want to see your car first. You can take a picture of it. If something happens to your car, uh, you can take a picture of it and show you don't have to wait for an adjuster to come and they use AI to analyze how bad that was versus the same car that had a similar picture last time, what it cost to fit. You know, all those technologies are really simple things. Well, it's taking the personal aspect of it. Well, these things don't need to be personal. I don't need to wait for nine o'clock at night because an adjuster in Toronto is busy after a small fender bender for them to come to my house. Like, why wasn't that picture just sufficient? So I'm totally with it. I am a big proponent of having technology make things easier uh, across the board. Yeah. Insurance tech is definitely something not a lot of people talk about. I mean, there's definitely, there's starting to be a little bit more of a buzz, but like insurance tech is definitely, I mean, it's, it's, it's a rabbit hole that I definitely want to discover more on the show, but that's, I mean, uh, I really yeah, can't like, wait for like, uh, I, I love that space. I think it's super interesting. I listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, not specifically about insure tech, but startups and insure tech and banking tech and fintech and, AI are obviously big things in blockchain right now. You know, like even I was just listening to a great podcast with the CEO of Curve. It's in the US only right now. But, you know, simple things like the fact that you have homeowner insurance or renter's insurance, you know, you're renting somewhere, you're going to pay your 20 bucks a month in case something happens. The fact that you can now take your phone, buy it on the on there, walk around your house just like with the video camera on your phone, the camera on your phone, show the TV that's on your wall, the kind of couch that you have, um, you know, if you have any jewelry or keepsakes, show it on there. It's not a he says, she says sort of game when the insurance companies are in business not to pay you. They don't want to. You know, if you have that 4K 65-inch TV on the wall that you love that costs you $4,000, they can, and you don't have a receipt for it. They can't say, no, you don't have it. If you bought insurance this way, you took that video and it's uploaded to your file right there in that app. Like it just stops those problems. You know, what it makes it harder for are people who are doing nefarious activities like going, I had a 4K TV when they had a little 21 inch, um, you know, tube TV in their house who are scamming. Well, good for them. We don't want those people scamming. They, they mess up everyone else's rates out there. Let's see what you have. Let's replace it with exactly what you had or better. And let's all be on the same page. That's what helps everybody. Well, it might screw the people who are trying to look, do things that are off center. It helps the rest of us as the masses. And I think that's a super important piece. Right. Uh, sorry. What was the name of the company that you just mentioned again? It's called Cover. Cover. Okay, cool. I mean, yeah. I mean, Taking taking pictures and ensuring, uh, like like you mentioned, jewelers, uh, Instagram is definitely gonna have a field day when it comes to uh, knowing that the favorite rapper or uh, artist or what may have you may have fake chains. 
Exactly. <laughs> not to, not to try to try. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I assume you like uh, hip hop. Oh, when we came on this call, I heard you listen to some good tunes in the background. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, I was like, all right, let's play some little bit of elevator music before I wait for you to jump on. Right. <laughs> that was good. I, li- I liked it. I appreciated that. What's the future of CoinSpark looking like in 2019? What's some of the challenges? What's that you guys are going to embark on that um, I guess some of the listeners and some of the people using CoinSmart can get really excited about? Yeah, I, th- I think the future for us is to continue to make it accessible for everyone offer more ways to you know get your money in on and off of our network we make just super simple uh increased ability just like boots on the ground where you be able to be in contact with us or see possibly storefront locations uh we're looking at expanding into other territories outside of canada so whether that be europe and asia or wherever it may be right now so a lot of expansion across the board we really want to make the easiest to use most accessible most robust platform out there without overcomplicating everything. So there's a huge coin selection, which as I said, we're adding between six and seven more coins in the next five to six weeks. And then again, just simplifying, simplifying, simplifying uh, while increasing the security in the background. That's what you'll see out of us over the next six to eight months. And you can't tell us what coins you guys are adding, right? We can't yet. We have a long list of them that we're, so we have, we have to look at a lot of stuff. It's not an easy, let's just put anything on. We have to understand that it's truly a utility coin and not a security and we have to run it through. We have a 180 page um, guideline of how we determine if it goes on or not, but we have, uh, we've narrowed it down to six and we'll be spreading them out coming online shortly and everyone wants to know, but uh, stay tuned. We're happy. We'll start announcing it shortly. Awesome. To wrap this up, what would be the best way to either contact you or CoinSmart? Do I do we email you? Do we Snapchat you? Do we tweet you? Yeah. No, also, I'm always available and my teammates, you know, just go to CoinSmart.com, click on the live chat. Uh, you can chat there. You can do a support ticket. Or if you want to ask me a question or have anything you want to know, uh, I put my email address out there for everyone. You can email me at JH. So it's my two initials, Justin Hartsman, JH at coinsmart.com awesome so justin again thank you so much uh for sitting down with today uh we had i mean i i love the conversation that we had today so super excited My pleasure. thanks for having me and uh hope i was useful to some people and gave some good info if you guys have any questions please feel to reach out to me again that's jh at coinsmart.com um i really hope they do because this is a very smart individual <laughs> And yeah, that's it. That's the end of the show. On the behalf of Canada's leading National Fintech and Crowdfunding Association, I wish you an amazing Fintech Friday and weekend. You've been listening to Fintech Fridays, brought to you by NCFA and Partners. Tune in weekly for the latest Fintech Friday podcast by subscribing to this channel. The National Crowdfunding and Fintech Association of Canada is a nonprofit actively engaged with social and investment fintech sectors around the globe and provides education, research, industry stewardship, services, and networking opportunities to thousands of members and subscribers. For more information, please visit ncfacanada.org.